inside the NRL. The race for the all-important fourth spot heats up. We'll look at who has the inside running. Injured Eels hooker Reid Marnie joins us live to discuss Parramatta's premiership chances and to expand or not to expand. That's the big question today in Queensland. Hello and welcome to Inside the NRL. Yes, the great expansion debate is heating up. We'll get to that shortly, but first it's time to introduce two of the greats. Premiership winner from 2010. Jamie Soud loves it when I remind him of that. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. This beard's getting out of control, though. Gone uh, by next week. I, I like it, Sally. I like I it. I have to, yeah. I'm going to become a hairdresser this week, I think. And Michael Chamis from the Sydney Morning Herald. How are you? Zach, very well. Very excited about the finals. Bring it on. One thing I'm very excited about is the return of the most talked about segment in Australia. Let's roll a sting. <laughs> have you come up with something good? I've given you four yeah, days. All I, have, I have. I uh, have. There's no egg on my face, but I'm throwing two eggs uh, to the touch judges. Second time this year they've ripped off my man Zach Lomax. Roll the tape. On the weekend, goal goes straight through. So this is back in round three against Newcastle. You can't tell me that didn't go through. This kills the streak. I think we're up to about 25. Zach knows it goes through. And then on the weekend, look at this one. Straight through the post. Beautiful kick up at that right post. Touch judges have waved it away. Unbelievable. Now, I have to wonder why you're so fired up about this, Sally. Because I'm his kicking coach and it's affecting my bottom dollar. So, <laughs> Zach, uh, you got those two kicks, in my opinion, and, and hook. Uh, they, they went through. So. I, think, I think that beard's affecting your bottom dollar more than anything. Look, it's out of control, isn't it? <laughs> it's very aggressive. Michael, you've had a haircut. I have left it. egg on your face. Uh, look, I, I want to throw egg as well. To you the, can't uh, do that. the referees with Gutherson on the weekend, he made a, a, a captain's challenge for something completely different. Yes. And he pulled it off. He had no idea what he was challenging. I, I just think you've got to actually say, I'm challenging this, and you can't just. No. Yeah, wish if for you it challenge there. the play. You can't exactly challenge because what's happening is they're challenging the wording of the play. So if a ball went out and he's challenging a knock-on, so because the ball went out, it was indecisive and he got a challenge later. He couldn't even believe he was able to challenge. Yeah, there was one. Yeah, it, Ridiculous. Yeah. It was one of Agatho's finest moments when it came to... And did you see his face? Yes. Did his face? He pulled it off. He goes, yes, I've just challenged. I've got two challenges. <laughs> Apparently right. I had two left too. Speaking of the Eels, the race for the top four, the fourth spot in particular, is heating up. The Eels, can they pull off a mi miracle to get back... Back in the four, will Manly set up a showdown in week one of the finals with Melbourne, or will the Roosters remain there and fight off all the challenges that they've got through this year and a couple more between now and two weeks' time? Sowie, one thing we know for sure is that Melbourne is the team to beat. It's hard to compare this current team against the teams with Smith, Slater, and Cronk. But if they go all the way through to the NRL Grand Final, win it undefeated, that's 24 matches straight. It's hard to ignore how good this team actually is. It's actually roles reverse from last year. We're talking about Penrith and how good their team was last year and whether they needed to lose one going into the finals. But you're right, we can't comprehend. But we also can't compare it to teams gone past. The game's radically different to some of those teams, those great teams that had Slater, Cronk and also Smith. But you look at the way that they've played. They've done it in different ways. Um, but... I guess now, this time last year, boys, we'd been talking for weeks, do Penrith need to lose a game? That's what I can't get past. If they do win all the way through, which you think they're not going to let up, maybe they rest in the last round against the Sharks. That'd be 24 straight. They go to a grand final back-to-back. -back. Yeah, so many storylines. I, I think that they're... I don't know if they're as clearly the best as what we thought two weeks ago. 
I, I think Penrith are right there. I don't think that what they've done on the field is actually why they're so special. Like, you consider everything that's gone on around them. Like, I don't know if there's more than two games they've had their best 17 on the, on the field. They've had injuries galore. They've been out of home. They haven't played at home for ba- basically two years. Do they know years. what their best 17 is? Do you know what their best 17 is? Harry Grant star, Brandon Smith star? They haven't worked I don't, out I yet. know that they can't. Hines goes back to the bench for me. I know he's had a, had a great season, but Pappenhausen will have to start because you, it'll be hard to get Pappenhausen into the game, into the middle after that. Yeah, yeah, after that long layoff, but it's, it is remarkable. But even like Brandon Smith, Harry Grant. Well, you, Brandon Smith, I said he's the best hooker in the world last week. I'm not going back from that. I think he is the best hooker in the world. He will start and Grant to come on because the Cheese can play big minutes. But that bench makeup against forward packs, you know, you're going to have to carry Nelson Asafa Solomona. Tui Kamakamitha comes in there. Do you look for Chris Lewis, utility value, Eisenhuth, those guys? So they've got some, uh, they've got some big decisions to make. So you just said that Penrith have closed the gap on Melbourne. Yeah. If Melbourne are your 10 out of 10 benchmark, where do you rank Penrith? point. Eight, nine. That tight. Yeah, they had a couple of gears to go on Friday. I was a little bit doubtful about Penrith without Nathan Cleary, and I think, to be honest, and I'm probably not going out on a limb here, I think Jerome Luai's form's been quiet since coming out of origin, but the way that they absorbed pressure on Friday night and then were able to go into half-time and almost come out the second half, they looked like they had another couple of gears to go, Chemis, and they didn't even have their best back five. Their best back five is Toto, Staines on the other wing, uh, Crichton and then Burton and then Dylan Edwards at the back. So they haven't had their best 17 for a while now either. Would you, would you agree the concern with Penrith, and we saw it on the weekend in that first 20 minutes, they're prone to an ambush. They feel as, it looks as though they sometimes get bullied, and they did in the grand final last year. They were gone. Well, this early. is, yeah, yeah. And Souths yeah. did it to them again on the weekend. They're a young side, inexperienced. I know they've got tremendous ability, but. Inexperienced? In terms of. Nathan Cleary in terms of games. Six final series. Yeah, okay. Nathan Cleary. But they've got a lot of young players in that team, right? Last year for a lot of those guys was their first real, real crack at a, a big game in that decider. Whereas South Sydney have got some seasoned veterans yeah, in that team. Yeah, but you don't. You, experience right now, they're not young anymore. These guys have all been playing together. So, We've heard so the you stories. didn't see anything in that first 20 minutes that suggested that I saw it last year ambushed? in round one of the finals when they got ambushed by the Roosters yep. and they were still able to get out of it. They I've did. seen it on the weekend, they were still able to get out of it. They've found a way... Are they through... able to get out of it against the Storm though? That's the question. If, the, if they played in the week later, same game last year, do you think Penrith would beat the Storm? They learned a lot out of that first half. I think they learned a lot yeah. as well. Well, it was an epic battle on Friday night. The Bunnies, on the other side of things, went down 25-12. Let's see how it's affected their confidence. Oh, we'd walk away probably a bit more confident than we, we were sort of this time last year. Um, we know we can match it with the top two teams. Obviously, the scoreline doesn't reflect it, but um, there's moments in that game where we, we well and truly thought we were on top of them. and um, It's just about con- doing it consistently for the 80 minutes. Last year, we had a lot of injuries and stuff, so uh, in you know, touch wood... Um, in those terms, I think we're, we're definitely a lot better off. And, um, yeah, I think our team is just um, a lot more confident and have, have that belief this year for sure. So the Bunnies are awfully confident despite losing to the Panthers. Michael, what did their loss on Friday night say to you about the South Sydney's ability to o- overcome that uh, prelim final hurdle in a couple Fans of weeks? Fans are not happy. We're actually out of here we're we're at the moment. They're not happy with your line of questioning. I, look, I, I think they showed that they can match it with Penrith and intimidate them, as we were touching on earlier. Can they win a prelim final? Yeah, they can win a prelim final. I think they can. I, I, I think in a big game with the Adam Reynolds factor, the Wayne Bennett factor, these are all considerations in a big game that are going to matter. And 
on and the other thing is the Benji Marshall factor because he's he's probably heading towards the retirement door as well. So there are three massive, massive motivators and come prelim, I think they're going to make a difference. Yeah, I didn't see in the second half what I wanted to see early on. Yes, they had the ambush factor. They were going through the middle of the Panthers, but they just ran out of gas really, really quickly. And I know that there was a decision halfway through the second half which probably changed the momentum a little bit, but their forward pack, he needs to get Jaden Sewer into the pack somewhere, you know, to come on for some foot speed, plus the Benji Marshall factor. I just think that Penrith and Melbourne are clear-cut favourites to be in the grand final again. So the Roosters remain in fourth spot right now. They've done remarkably well given their injury list to remain there. But when you talk about the, the genuine contenders, they're not in the conversation. Why is that? Uh, well, because of the times that they've played, I don't think they've beaten anyone above them all year. I think that might be the case. So, And we just know what they're missing. You know, we look at on the weekend, Sam Walker didn't start. They still conceded 22 points to the Dragons. Yes, they scored 40, but... Tedesco and Manu against the top teams aren't going to have the free reign of what they had on the weekend. So, uh, yes, they're going to probably get past maybe that second week of the finals. But, yeah, I just don't, I just don't see it this year, Chemis. Yeah, I think they've done a fantastic job to get where they are. They should, they, by the injuries they've had and what they've had to go through, they've, they've got no right to be within the top six. Would you say last year, job. okay, so last year, would you say that they were, they were a better side last year? And they went out to Penrith, and we and they started ten nil, and then they just fell away. You know, that's they're not at the side they were last year. They haven't got the guys that are in form. Or no, and they haven't got the guys in those big like Josh Morris, Brett Morris, Kiri, Lindsay Collins. Yeah. That they are doing fantastically well to be here. They, I don't see them getting past week two of the finals. All right, with the top four hopes all but dead in the water, Brad Arthur has suggested he may rest a player or two in the final round against the Panthers. A smart move, Michael, or? Well, we can ask Reid Marnie a bit later when we catch up with him, but I, I think they probably need it. Their players will probably say they don't. But Brad Arthur's got to try something different. And I'm not sure, last year in the last round, did they play all their, their big guns like they may have last year? So it hasn't worked in the past. If they get a break, they come back week one of the finals, they're probably going to play a Newcastle or a Canberra or Cronulla. And they just need to come out and, and start again. I, I know you think they're gone, but... I think missing out on the top four and not playing Melbourne in the week one of the semi-finals is going to be a blessing in disguise for Brad Arthur and the Eels because they would have been absolutely annihilated in week one of the finals to Melbourne and they would have been down on confidence and out the back door week two. They can win week one of the finals. They should win week one of the finals, otherwise they've embarrassed themselves. Then week two, you may get a Roosters or, or a, you know, a, a depleted team that's or bashed team like a Rabbitohs who've been bashed by Penrith and you just never know on the day. I think it's actually the better path to get in past week two of the finals. All right, let's take a look at those three teams battling it out for fourth spot, see where they are on the ladder and their run home. So the Roosters, they've got South Raiders, but they're two points clear of Manly and the Eels. Then Manly have got the Bulldogs and Cowboys, the Eels are Storm and the Panthers. Sowie, who finishes fourth? Can they beat Melbourne in week one of the finals? Manly, yes, they can. Uh, they'll have to be a lot better than what they were a couple of weeks ago and Tom Jaboyevic, the fitness of that. Um, I disagree with Chamis. I think that they should rest the stars this week, Parramatta. Uh, and, and be able to play the following week and get some cohesiveness ahead of that final. But uh, the Roosters are going to have a tough one against South Sydney and then you'd think that the, the Manly Seagulls, it's up for them. I think Parramatta have got wind that Penrith are going to do likely the same thing in the last round and give some players rest. Knowing that Penrith are going to rest players, do you even bother playing your, your big guns in that last round if you're Parramatta? Yeah, there's more pressure on Parramatta than there is Penrith. Penrith know what they are. They know their identity. They know their style. Parramatta don't know that at the moment. They don't know what their attack looks like, how it's going to develop in the forward, in the, in the next 
next couple of weeks. So I would like to play that last round knowing that it's going to be sudden death a week later because this isn't a team that you can just go and flick the switch on. They haven't been able to do that for years. That's why there's so much pressure on them. They need to be playing together, have this week off if you're going to decide to rest players and then go into next week because you know that that first week of the finals, if they bow out to Newcastle, which I think they will, I think that they, they won't win the first week of the finals, uh, if they bow out to Newcastle, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions asked. All right, Michael, we're just under six weeks out from the NRL Grand Final. We don't know where it is going to be yet. Are we any closer to knowing where it will be? Uh, it's looking likely it's going to be in Queensland at this stage now. Obviously, there's going to be limitations around the COVID restrictions and Melbourne doesn't look like it's going to open up to a capacity crowd or some sort of crowd by the time the Grand Final rolls around or the final series. So it looks like yeah, the, the longer we go, this is going to be a Grand Final at Suncorp Stadium in front of 52,000, which, to be fair, is the, probably, is the right option if we're not playing in Sydney. Now, I understand the NRL want to maximise revenue and look at all options, which I wouldn't blame the NRL for doing so, looking at the MCG in Perth and New Zealand, but realistically, they, they aren't options, and Suncorp is where that game should be and looking likely to be. Okay, now there were a couple of updates on two players, one from the Bulldogs and one from the Raiders today. Uh, Chamis, what's the latest when it comes to Curtis Scott and Adam Elliott? Yeah, so Curtis Scott has been sacked by the Raiders. Now, he fronted the board last week in regards to the incident earlier in the year, and they've decided today to terminate his contract. Now, there's talk about potential legal action from uh, Scott's lawyers in regards to his termination there, but uh, it it's, hasn't panned out the way Curtis Scott had hoped. Obviously, there was a, a previous incident last year. He, was, uh, he managed to get off that. Uh, he was falsely uh, charged with police outside SCG. And in this situation here, it's... Look, the Raiders just felt as though he's brought the club into disrepute and had rights to terminate his contract. So Curtis Scott on the lookout for a new contract for next year. So how does, does he find a home in the NRL? I think he will. Um, where it is, it's going to have to have some strong leadership because he's out of Melbourne. You know, I think he's a premiership winner with yep. Melbourne Storm. 19. Yeah, 19. Uh, and then went to the Canberra Raiders on a, a pretty lucrative deal. And yeah, Ricky Stewart's a, a pretty hard taskmaster. So if he's yeah, been able to mess up there a couple of times, I think he will, but whoever takes him on is going to have to address the issues that he's spoken about recently and he's going to have to fix some things for himself personally before we think about rugby league again. And what about Adam Elliott? Yeah, Adam Elliott was speaking to the NRL uh, Integrity Unit this afternoon. Now, there was an incident up on the Gold Coast yesterday where he was uh, removed from a premise, a restaurant. He was with uh, players, the Bulldogs players and their partners out on the, uh, on the drink having a good time. And unfortunately for, for Adam Elliott... Uh, that's ended with him being removed from the premises. Now, the NRL are looking into that. He spoke to the NRL this afternoon. The Bulldogs were informed of the incident this morning and he's been stood down for the last two games of the year pending the investigation. But uh, it's probably safe to say that Adam Elliott's uh, future at the Bulldogs is now in jeopardy given his chequered history at the club. And given the arrival of Phil Gould. Yeah, well, that's, you know, Phil Gould's come in there and, and look... This is not going to be a factor, but reality of the situation is Canterbury are very heavy in the forwards when, in terms of their salary cap for next year. So, you know, we saw with the Dragons whispers around Paul Vaughan when he was terminated that, you know, that the Dragons had been looking to move him on anyway. And, you know, there's been whispers about Luke Thompson for the last few weeks as well. So you know, maybe not at a good time for Adam Elliott, uh, given, given where the club's at. 
All right, so the great expansion debate was literally on the table today. The three Queensland-based franchises that want to become the 17th team in the NRL, they put their cases forward to the Australian Rugby League Commission. Michael, we've got the Redcliffe Dolphins, the Brisbane Firehawks and the Brisbane Jets. What did we learn today from these discussions? Well, I think they learned that the NRL is serious about looking at expansion. Uh, they were quizzed on... You know, they went in there spruiking the strengths of their bids, but the NRL wanted to push down on the weaknesses and where they felt they needed to to really provide evidence that they are worth taking a risk on. Now, for some of them, some of the clubs, it's financially. For others, it's in regards to how they're going to impact on clubs like the Gold Coast Titans. Are they going to cannibalise the Titans? So there's concerns all around. And the other thing is the NRL has said that this needs to make, this needs to stack up financially for the game and for the clubs because the clubs are up in arms at the moment saying, why are we looking at expansion when we're just staying afloat given the COVID-19 situation? So they've been asked to do their homework over the next couple of weeks, provide the NRL with reasons to assure them their weaknesses will not be a problem and they'll submit their uh, responses in the next couple of weeks. So we're looking at a September uh, answer on whether we're going to expand or not. So are we given the current climate with COVID-19, there's always a debate about players, um, whether there are enough in the game, but is the NRL ready to have a 17th team by 2023? I don't think so in the current climate. You have a look at what's been happening with COVID and what to Chamis's point about the clubs at the moment. You know, not, I don't think there's only two clubs that make a profit every single year and you're going to bring in that's another Im club that's improving, like yeah. that. You know, that is improving. But for me, personally, they need a national reserve grade competition first um, to be able to push those guys in to develop the talent because what we're seeing right now is there's such a gap between first and eighth who's about to be a final series. You know, everyone that I talk to, they want to be a top five. There's a gap there. Is bringing another team in right now with limited talent going to make the competition better? Is it financially going to make it better for viewing? Um, all those things, I'm sure, that they're all go across. But for me, I don't think it's the right time at the moment. Is there anything, Michael, that you've heard that will determine whether we do expand or don't expand? Yeah, I've been told it's, it's up to... It's the business case. It's the money. It, as simple as that. They cannot afford to cannibalise the Gold Coast Titans and to take money away from other clubs. So if there's a business case that shows that the expansion team can provide uh, an, an income to the game that isn't there, whether that's through broadcast revenue or corporate revenue, then it'll be looked upon favourably. And, and I think the NRL... We've seen Peter Volandis. His attitude is, I want to get things done, I want to get things done tomorrow, yesterday, not worrying about the future. And if he feels as though this is the right move and can make money, I wouldn't will be surprised... The, will the comp be capped at 17? Well, like how long it won't move to 18 straight eight. away, but okay. I think that's part of Andrew Abdo and, and Peter Volandi's plans. 2028. Well, I think the next broadcast deal uh, after this is 2027. It ends 23 to 27. So you're looking at maybe 2028. Yeah. But you know, we've seen that the NRL is willing to be flexible. Let's get through the next six weeks. <laughs> if you and I are here in 2028, we're doing well. Jeez, how many greys will you have by the end of Christmas? How long will his beard be? Oh, yeah, good question. <laughs> how big will my eyebrows be? Anyway, it's time to look at this week's casualty board brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And there are fears. Eels winger Mike Acevo won't play again this year due to an MCL injury. And Adam Reynolds today all but confirmed Josh Mansell's season is over due to a knee injury he suffered against the Panthers. His Rabbitohs teammate, Junior Totola, Penrith's Dylan Edwards, Josh Curran and Adam Kieran all need to pass HIA protocols to play in round 24. Ronaldo Mulatalo's roller coaster year was ended in terrible fashion. The Sharks winger is out for the remainder of the season with a broken jaw. Xavier Coates and Adam Dewey will be hoping for good news from the doctors. 
while Dr Jake Trebojevic has basically given his brother Tom the all-clear to return. Jake said today that he will be fine to play against the Bulldogs in what could be a double boost for Manly, with Brad Parker declaring he is also fit to come back. And finally, Wade Graham won't play a game this year, but the Sharks skipper is adamant. He will not be retiring. Graham is determined to return for a 15th NRL season next year. Someone else who is sadly in the Chemist Warehouse casualty ward at the moment is Eels hooker Reid Marnie, who joins us now. Reid, thanks, so thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Hey, guys. How's it going? Sadly, you are injured, but you've undergone a shoulder reconstruction. How did it go, and what does the timeline look like now between uh, now this week and round one next year? Um, yes, the uh, shoulder surgery went all good. It's obviously uh, pretty sore at the moment, and yeah, it's pretty um, just a few painkillers and that uh, helps. But yeah, I think we'll be in this thing for about six weeks, and then um, you know just in time to run for preseason. So <laughs> uh, yeah, sounds sound, sounds fun. So, but um, yeah, definitely will be all good to go for round one next year. Reid, we saw how much it meant to you, mate, the overwhelming emotion that you showed when you realised that your season was going to be over. Can you talk me through what you see your role within the club over the next few weeks to be? Because it's going to be quite important to get the players in a state of mind they believe they can win a semi-final game, given the history of the club. Yeah, just try and obviously just bring good vibes to the boys. Obviously, I'm not training or doing anything, so... Um, yeah, see myself as a pretty, you know, to get around pretty, pretty easy with the boys. So um, just bring pretty of laughter and stuff like that. So and after the sheds, after the win, uh, pass out the beers, obviously. So <laughs> uh, that's what I enjoy doing the best. So, but um, yeah, just sort of just being around the group, and that's why I obviously stayed up here um, for my surgeries to be around the boys, and obviously want to have it um, a strong year back into the year. So. Reid, it's National Skills Week and you're one of the NRL's vet ambassadors. Can you tell us why it's so important for players to undertake uh, vocational education training while they're still playing? Yeah, I think it's, it's a great idea. It's obviously footy isn't everything, so being able to have something on the side um, while you're playing um, and then when you're done you have something to move on to or something next to your name. So I definitely think being able to you know, do some sort of study or, or vet course is uh, definitely the way to go. Reid, what are some of the courses that you've undertaken and why did you uh, decide to do that while you're playing footy? Oh, I've obviously, I've done a few. I obviously don't know what I want to do after footy, so I've done me, me PT and uh, done my diploma of business and I'm now at uni doing um, a diploma of, um, sorry, a, a uh, sports business degree, so I'm um, trying to get that done, but um, I definitely just think it's just, you know, great to have as many things um, in your pocket. So when you, you finish up, you've got plenty of things to, to take on. Reid, we know the coach can be a feisty man at times. How does he feel when you do homework that doesn't involve the Parramatta Reels when you're studying other things outside of rugby league? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think he's, he's all for it. I think as long as um, we come into training and uh, we've got his eyes, then uh, yeah, he doesn't really mind what we do outside of footy. So. <laughs> Reid, you're also an ambassador for Giant Steps, which is a great organisation that helps people with autism. How did you get involved with Giant Steps and why is it so important to be involved with that organisation? Yeah, I've obviously been their um, ambassador now for you know, a few months and but my journey with, with them started a, a few years ago when I was you know, 17, 18 years old and um, you know, they sort of took me in when I was just under 20s and you know, obviously was working full time and you just sort of start building connections with with the kids and, and the families and I think you know the journey that I've had along the way and I've met so many great people along the way um, you know it's obviously helped me with my footy and and the person I am. 
Reid, I want to talk a bit of footy now. What did you make of the weekend's performance and how much do you have to raise your level as a team to take on the Melbourne Storm this weekend? Yeah, obviously um, the last few weeks we haven't been great and we haven't been winning. So I think just to be able to, you know, get the win on the weekend, obviously, um, you know, we left a lot of tries out there, but, you know, just fixing up a few technical things, um, you know, it's going to go a long way. That's sort of the things that are easily fixed. Um, the effort is always there. The, the commit to always wanting to win is always there, but it's just a few, you know, few technical things that are easy to get fixed. Talk about your attack. I know it was clunky on the weekend and you spoke about leaving a lot of points out there and so did Mitchell Moses, but defensively all year on an edge, has the club or the team spoken about what you need to do defensively to get that right and build your game going into a finals campaign? Yeah, well, obviously you've got to be able to defend your your points to be able to win the game. It's as simple as that. And we've got a system in place and we know it it works. So it's worked for the last, you know, 17 weeks and the last four weeks we just haven't got it right and it's it's really paid it's paid dividends for us. We've obviously jumped out of the top four, and um, it's not great, but it's what we do next is is what's best. At um, you know the boys trained well last week, and we got the result. And you know it's about you know going this week against a pretty strong team, and being able to defend our points. Reid, I want you to forget your media training at Parramatta because I know they teach you out there. So a lot of things about how to handle questions, but I want to ask you honestly about the criticism of the Eels, criticism of the roster. I know people say we don't listen to the outside noise, but it's there, and a lot of high-profile people in the game have had their say on the Parramatta Eels, and they say the team isn't good enough. What are the conversations in the four walls between the players when they hear that stuff? Does it sting? Is there a sense of resolve uh, about Yeah, that? well, for me, it wants to make me rip me sling off and uh, get on the field and prove them wrong, I tell you that. But <laughs> I definitely, um, I know the group, you know that we have here with obviously you know you can't not read it it's as simple as that and you hear about it and people are going to say it it's about you hey deflect it and push it away and, and get on with the job so we can't really action it with words it's about actioning it with the actions on the field so um, obviously we started okay on the weekend against the cowboys but it's about the next couple of weeks and going to the finals so it's just about putting it away and uh, moving forward i know you say you put it away but what conversations have been held amongst yeah you know, i know you're a young guy but you're one of the in terms of he's not going to tell you, mate. Field. No, but I just want to know the players have the players come together and said, you know what? Screw these blokes. They don't know what they're talking about, and we can get this done. Oh, oh we know ourselves that we haven't been going great, and people are going to talk about it. So, uh, and we've obviously spoken about it, and it's it's uh, as raw as it is. It's it's reality, and it's what it is. So, um, you know, going into the weekend's game, the boys had a good chat, and yeah, we just just about our responding and, and using it with our actions. So, Reid, lastly in closing, what's the one thing you have to do to, to cut out all that noise? You've been an observer up there for the last couple of weeks. What's the one thing that the Eels have to do between now and the finals to give yourselves a hope? Oh, just just action it, honestly. It's it's about... You know, we're all committed here. We've been committed since November 1. So, um, you know, things haven't gone our way and it's it's part of the journey of, of footy. It's Things aren't going to go your way, but you have to put yourself in a position for things to go your way. So... Um, you know, you need a bit of luck, but you know, you, you create your own luck on the field. So, and I'll be on the sideline with the boys cheering them on, and um, hopefully, I can pass out uh, the cold drinks at the end of the game. So, that's my excitement. Well, I hope you can pass out plenty this weekend in the lead up to semi-fi- uh, the semi finals in September, and hopefully, you're mm-hmm. there uh, grand final day in October as well. Reid, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Best of luck with your rehabilitation and the Eels' chances uh, in 2021. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Michael, you went hard there. Yeah, well, mate, I, I really like Reid Money. I think so he, do I. I think he, he's a future captain of the Parramatta Eels. He's exactly what that club needs in terms of 
heart and soul and, and caring about the joint. Now, he's off contract in 12 months. They're going to make sure they keep him because not only is he a fantastic hooker, he's exactly what you want to see. You want, you want vision of what Parramatta should be epitomised by. It's when he you know, came off the field with that shoulder injury, tears, emotional. I, I, you love to see that because you know the guy cares and to me he's a future captain of the Parramatta. They can't Eagles. win a competition without him. He's so important to that spine. On the weekend, they, Joey Lussick's doing a fantastic job, but what Reid Marnie does in the middle defensively and then with attack, knowing which way to be able to go, he's so important to that team. All right, it's time now for Hit or Miss. The Knights will go beyond week one of the finals. Jamie. Is Reid still on the line? No. <laughs> Hit. Uh, yeah, I think that they will. I think that they'll, they're building nicely. I know they haven't been impressive the last couple of weeks, but I'm looking at a team now that if you go into a game against Parramatta, Braley, Pearce, Jake Clifford, fantastic move mid-season down from North Queensland. You throw in a bit of X-Factor with Carl and Ponga. This is a side that could do some damage in that first week, going in there with a free shot. Uh, and they'll have all their best players. Brabham Best is back. They will miss Saifidi, but I think that they can get it done. Michael? I'm going to say miss. I'm going to say miss. I think they play para week one of the finals and para get on a roll. Well, one game roll and get to week two of the finals. So, yeah, I, I don't... I think para, I think the, the Knights are where they are week one. It's reflective of where they are as a team. Eels move on. Don't forget, they started last year in the final. They were up 14-0 against South Sydney mm. and South just went on a tear because they were scoring points for fun. But he's... Yeah... I know they've left it late, but I think they can win. All right, the Cowboys have lost 10 straight. They're now second last on the NRL ladder below the Broncos, who have been under plenty of pressure all year. So when it comes to the Cowboys, their problems run deeper than their coach, Todd Payton. Michael? Hit. I'm not, I'm not impressed with the recruitment for next year. I don't want to be critical. I know we're big fans of Chad Townsend on this show. He's a friend of the show, and I just... The, the amount of money spent on, on Chad uh, for the duration of his contract, uh, Jake Clifford let go for Tom Dearden. I don't know if Tom Dearden, did Tom Dearden has shown enough to suggest they're in the right hands there. There's a lot of, there's shades of what the West Tigers did a few years ago, paying big money for guys, the back end of their careers, hoping it comes good. Uh, I'm hoping I'm wrong with the, with the Cowboys, but... I don't see improvement in the short term. Hit for me, on the weekend, they lined up with Cotter, who's a hooker, come off the bench. Granville came off the bench, who's a hooker. They had Robson, who's a hooker. They had Hampton in the centres. They had a, a, a DJ Nassi in the centres, who's a 5'8". Hammerso's at the back. He doesn't know what his best position is yet. It looks like it might be fullback, but he's played centre. Valentine Holmes isn't playing up to the million dollars that he signed for. Um, I don't think it'll be, I haven't really got a problem with Chad. You go out there, if you think he's going to be the playmaker, that's what playmakers get at the moment. There's playmakers being paid left, right and centre. But their recruitment in terms of the next crop coming through, like you're an outside back. How bad do you have to be going that you can't get a run in the, in the game at the moment up at the Cowboys? So, yeah, it's a hit for me. I think their recruitment's, yeah, it's off. Tom Trebojevic, uh, his brother, Jake, has tipped him to return, but he shouldn't play again until the finals, shall we? Miss. He's got a Dally M to win. Uh, Cleary put three points in the bank on the weekend, and uh, if Tom was in front, he might be even now, so I think he comes back and you know, he gets six points the next two weeks and wraps up the Dally M. Michael? Uh, it's a hit from me. He shouldn't. I've, I'm due to play him. I'm very confident I'll make the fantasy grand final, yeah. and I do not want Can Tom to Can you just take your fantasy hat off? And well, it's a serious a thing job. for a lot do of people. Job for a it's a serious thing. I know it's a serious thing, and I'm not. I'm just saying on this show. For manly sake, we've got our own to, fantasy show. They need to. Yeah, well, yeah. 
Oh, this is a fantasy show for me. Uh, I, I think they, from a footy point of view, they need to make the top four. So playing Tom is their best shot. They need to do it. So you said hit, even though it said he shouldn't play again this year. Well, time. I gave my hit to a fantasy hit and then a reality <laughs> hit miss. Seriously, you've been on the show Every for Every week. Four years, I think. Finally, for Four hit or miss, for Brad stuff. Fittler will coach again in the NRL, Michael. I'm going to say hit. I just The way he answered some of those questions during the week in, in regards to Parramatta made me think that, you know what, it might not be the Eels right now, but I think there's a, an itch to scratch for Brad Fitlow in regards to the NRL. He said to me before that he's hasn't closed the door on coaching in the NRL. He's done a fantastic job with the Blues. I think there's an opportunity for him to build a, a dynasty there. He's only young in the coaching uh, age there. He's not he's not past it by any any stretch. So I think he will coach in the NRL again. Yes. Sowie. Did I? I know we're short on time. What he said. Are we short on time? It's time for champ or chump. And there's a lot of negativity and a lot of people are down at the moment. So we've scrapped the chump for this week. All right, executive decision. Happy with that? Yep. We've got three champs. Starting with number three, how good was it to see footy return to the regions in Queensland over the weekend? And some of the commitment from the fans mm. out in uh, Toowoomba for the Dragons-Roosters game, although they went down and lost. I love seeing this. This is what it's all about. Get out to the regions. Do anything you can to get a glimpse of the footy. Remember, you can legally get tickets at nrl.com slash tickets. <laughs> but it is good to see. When that came up on the TV, geez, I was jealous. I was just wanted to be there with the boys. You just wanted to get out of the house. I just wanted to be out of the house. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I just wanted to have a beer with the boys. I just want to be in Queensland watching live footy. Uh, another match in regional Queensland from Toowoomba to Rockhampton. They hosted their first ever match. And what about this? Ronaldo Mortalo could have scored his... Uh, hat-trick, and I think it was his 11th try of the year. Instead, passes the ball inside to young Luke Metcalf uh, to race away to score the first try of his NRL career. And wasn't he good? A lot of people wouldn't like that for, for obvious reasons, um, but I love it. Metcalf, he's a stud. I really like Metcalf. Do I need to go into the fantasy ramifications again, or...? <laughs> no. I'm just what, what if someone had Ronaldo Mulatalo in their team? I'm talking about... Got to move on. And this is our number one champ of the week. Now, this time last week, it was a very serious situation regarding Andrew Fafida. But he is recovering well. It's great to see. And he's taken time while in hospital to check on someone else who is doing it really, really tough at the moment. 20-year-old triathlete Alexa Leary suffered life-threatening injuries in a high-speed crash on a bike a month ago. She sadly suffered horrific injuries and remains in hospital. But is inspiring so many, including Andrew, who posted this on social media. Lex has a bigger battle than me. Made me feel good today. Uh, make me, made me feel how good life is today. Thank you for being my grateful of the week. You taught me a lot by being in your presence. I'll forever remember that moment. And you can join the Move for Lex movement as well. You can follow at uh, on Instagram at Move for Lex and use the hashtag Move for Lex as well. The whole idea is to get out, get moving for those who can't. So, Lexi, we're thinking of you, we're supporting you. Keep up your brave fight and keep inspiring all of us. And, Andrew, uh, well done as well. It's great to see you back up on your feet. All right, so NRL teams back tomorrow afternoon. Neve Owens, Brett Kamali, Robbie Farah will bring you all the latest team news for Round 24. As soon as the team lists drop, we'll be on air. they'll be on air rather at 3.55 Australian Eastern Standard Time before they announce the official team lineups from 4pm. Gents, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Zach. A little bit loose today. It was loose. The beard's gone by this time next week. Thanks to our loyal viewers as well for tuning in once again. If you have missed it, the NRL has officially launched its uh, vaccination campaign. Here it is. Why will I get vaccinated against COVID-19? So we can all get back to doing what we love. 
I am going to get vaccinated for my family. So we can all see our loved ones again. So we can all be protected and safe. To get our kids back on the field and playing again. This needs to be a team effort. None of us can do it alone. Let's tackle this together. To find out more about vaccination, go to australia.gov.au.